phone thingies off. We got one minute. Mine's already off. All right. Do not disturb. Did any of you see the post that uh, Dave Swigert put on the other day? It was hilarious. It shows a big bucket, one of those big paint buckets, and it's full up to the top with quarters and nickels and dimes. And it said, uh, I, I, I decided to put a, a money in the bucket anytime I got frustrated and aggravated. I started an hour and a half ago. <laughs> <laughs> People with full buckets. <laughs> all righty, we're going to get started today. We welcome those. Uh, how about a shout out to all those that are watching on the live stream? Welcome to the morning Bible study here at Trinity. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you've not contacted us to let you know, let us know you're watching. Uh, my telephone number is 614 296. 6379 is turned off right now. Let us know. All righty. Well, let's have a word of prayer and uh, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, once again, we thank you for this privilege that is ours to study your word. We're thankful, Father, that years ago you inspired men of old to write these words. They're not wise men's words, they're God's word. And we give you praise for it. As we walk through these proverbs, these bits of wisdom with a bite to it, we pray, Father, that you would increase our wisdom in you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Turn, if you would, please, in the book of Proverbs. You guessed it, right? New world word. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Do I need to print up more uh, outlines? If you do not have an outline, can I see your hand? Okay, you don't have an outline. Uh, okay, I, I don't see any more outside, so I have to print some more up. But if you could share with somebody today. We are still in the segment of the Proverbs... Proverbs that relate to the youth, to children, to youth, young people, young marrieds. And we all determined that we all know people that are younger than we are. Amen? Yeah. Some of us know a lot of people younger than we are. But uh, it's sagely advice from the Lord. And it's all predicated on the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And it's not just good advice to young people or young marrieds or singles, whatever. It's godly advice that if you're walking in the fear of the Lord, walking according to His way, these are things that can guide your path, guide your walk. And we are still in this segment. It's a segment of, uh, I forget how many verses of Scripture, but from chapter 3 on through chapter 9, of talking to wise counsel to you, those who are younger than you. I know some of you say, well, I don't know any youth, you know. Well, 
How many of you are over 25? <laughs> you know people younger than you are. All right. So look there at Proverbs chapter 3 and beginning with verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects. Just as the father, as a father, the son in whom he delights. And this chastening, uh, it's a fancy word for correction or a whooping. Correction out of love, not out of hate. It's not you disciplining a child or a young person or being hard on them because you're mad at them, but you want to bring correction. How many of you had parents who brought correction to you? Oh, yeah. And uh, it, uh, you know... All I could say was, my dad loved me a lot. <laughs> my dad really loved me. That's the only way I knew. He never told me. But, I, you know, my dad loved me a lot. Because he, uh, uh, between his belt, that was the worst. Any of you uh, raised in that level? Uh, okay. Uh, uh, and the willow tree switches, that was the worst. Oh, oh my. My, my. I, no, I, I, I found one, one time when I lived off to my mom, I, in front of my dad, I smarted off and he happened to be, had one of those old fashioned fly swatters that's made out of a metal screen. Yeah. Right there, right there, gave correction. <laughs> and I never did it again, for sure. Uh, but it's not out of anger or rage beating on somebody. It is to bring correction. It is to apply the uh, rod of knowledge to the seed of learning <laughs> in some cases. Uh, correction out of love, not out of hate. It's, when it's talking here, of, it's not talking about abuse. It's not talking about being mean and brutal and trying to hurt someone. I have, as a pastor, I've had to go into situations where I have seen physical abuse. And that's not what we're talking about here. That's, that's not it at all. Uh, physical abuse, just, they ought to string the people up. The, uh, this is talking about correction to improve behavior. How many of you received spankings as a child? How many of you uh, had the wooden spoon applied? That was uh, popular several years ago, the wooden spoon. And uh, how many of you ever got wax at school? Anybody? Whoa! Whoa! Uh, people would, the, 
went down to the principal's office and got a spanking, they would come back with these stories. I never personally received wax from my principal, but uh, probably should have, but I didn't. But uh, my dad had a philosophy that if I got in trouble at school and he found out about it, I, I'd better take the long way home because, <laughs> oh my goodness, my mind. He meant business. How many of you had a spanking with a paddle that had holes drilled in it to it so that they could go through the air quicker? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my, my. My, my, my. Uh, razor straps. Some of you young people do not realize what that is, but uh, a razor strap where they would sharpen the, the straight razor on. Uh, belts, belts, any, any belt. <laughs> Open hand. Hairbrush. Hairbrush. Oh, my God. Situation, 
And an idea comes to you that it wasn't you. You're not that sharp. But it was God leading. God giving you direction. And uh, don't, don't do that. Uh, what, some, what are some other ways that God chastens us or brings correction to us? Painful situations. Painful situations. Sometimes the Lord will let you put that shoe on that's way too tight because you want it. You, know. you, you ladies, how many of you have ever, ladies, be honest, how many of you have ever tried that? You love that shoe. No, I love my feet. And you, and, and, and you, I think I can get this off. You know. Yeah. And uh, the, the, uh, you were wrong. What? Or you got it on and then you paid for it. Oh my, you paid for it later. Uh, the difficult situations. Sometimes we get ourselves in the situations that the Lord does not get us out of, but he wants us to learn how stupid we are. That uh, you knew that thing was... Sad story, I was, when I was playing basketball in college, my tennis shoes, I, I didn't have a whole lot of money, and my tennis shoes were very slick on the bottom, and so on the, on the basketball court, I would be sliding around, my coach is yelling at me, King, yeah, hold your ground, you know, box out. You know. Yeah. And easy to say, but when you're sliding all over the place. Uh, and so one of my guys in the dorm said, hey, King, I've got a, got a pair of shoes you can borrow until you get a new pair. And, oh, great. Well, I was size 12. That's, that's my size. I was size 12. Now I'm size 13, but I was size 12 back then. He had a size 11. And they were wonderful. Look at brand new shoes. He says, I just don't need them. But try as I might. I, oh, I got them on. But all of my toes are screaming at me the whole game. You know, I can't hardly walk now because, you know, the, I'm out there, but I got them on. But then I had to go to the nurse's station to get some correction. Uh, Difficult, trying, situa painful situations that remind you, not a good idea. God's bringing correction sometimes. He lets us, it's not because he doesn't love us, it's because he does love us, and we're so stubborn. Anybody not stubborn here? <laughs> I see no hands. Uh, we're so stubborn, we're going to do it. We're going to do it our way anyway. And Lord says, okay, go, go for it. Go for it. He's doing it out of love. He could have stopped you, but he would violate your free will. So he allows a painful situation to develop. And when you're ready, he's ready to help you out of it. And find a way to make it through. What are some other ways that God chastens or brings correction to us? Yes, Beth. He sends conviction on us, and that's really what hurts you. Yeah, conviction. Uh, how many of you had a mother that had a look? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that say anything, right? Yeah. And you knew you were you were toast. You 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 were in trouble. The Holy Spirit has a 
a way of doing that kind of look for us and to bring conviction. I've been in services where the Holy Spirit was moving and I knew that people were supposed to be coming to the altar over the, some of the issues the Lord had uh, touched in His Word and they were just adamantly back there under conviction, just miserable and waiting to, to run out so that they didn't have to yield to it. Uh, conviction of the Holy Spirit can be when you're feeling like you're the only one God's talking to right then and he's pointing his finger right at the spot and you know it conviction what are some other ways the Lord brings chastening yeah through a brother or sister in Christ or your wife to a brother, sister, or wife. You're heavy on this, aren't you? Last week she reminded us that uh, wisdom, uh, wisdom was a her, you know. But uh, just keep us honest here. But through a, a, a brother in the Lord, a friend in the Lord, a spouse who will point you in the right direction and uh, and give you correction. Yeah, I think you were out of line there. What do you mean I was out of line? Well, you were out of line. Okay. And bringing correction to you about it. What are some other ways the Lord brings chastening or correction with a bite to it? If I ask for patience. Oh. <laughs> if, I could, if I can give you any godly advice, please don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. What does the Bible say about patience? How does it come? The Bible says, The trying of your faith worketh patience. King James. Works patience. So what you're saying, Lord, put me in a trial. How many of you think that's a great idea? No. But yet, we, we uh, I've had people, I'm uh, praying the Lord give me more patience with that situation. Oh, my. Look out. Okay. Well, there's a numerous ways, and we'll, we'll find those throughout the Scripture. But this chastening of the Lord appears quite a lot in... Uh, in the psalm, in the Proverbs, and uh, we want to look at that. The word is that same word we talked about in the first, uh, the second verse of Proverbs, and it's used 32 times in Proverbs. This Hebrew word, machat, or masar, however you want to pronounce it. Masar is the way I have it in my notes here. The It means to bring potential spam is buzzing in on me. Uh, it's a chastening, a check, a correction, hard discipline, instruction, or a stern rebuke. That's what the word means. Chasing the Lord. Sometimes it's a just a word. It's just the scripture. It's just the word. Sometimes it's a word of a friend. Hey, you know, you ought to. Sometimes it's a stern. Hey, it's a stern rebuke. Uh, uh, 
painful discipline, stern discipline. And it's, this word is found throughout the scriptures, like I said, 32 times just in the book of Proverbs. Okay? Uh, can I get somebody to read for us Job chapter 5, verses 17 and 18? Who'll do that one for us? That uses the same word in another context? Okay. Let us go. Okay, well, seek and you shall find. It's on the screen, isn't it? Is it on the screen? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. There it is. Wait a minute. I got my. Wait a minute. Job. Look at Job. Go back before the Psalms there. Before the Psalms. The Psalms. Yeah, you're the wrong way, Hosea. Somebody help the sister. Some, somebody help the sister. You got it? Oh, boy. I found it. Every round of applause, uh, let them found it. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Behold, happy is the man whom God correcteth. Therefore, despise not thou the chastening of the Almighty. For he maketh sore and bindeth up. He woundeth and his hands make whole. Okay, it says, don't despise the chasing of the Lord. Uh, happy is the man. No, happy. You know, how many of you down the road are happy because previously, years before, you received correction? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've had my kids come to me numerous times. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. I saw this the other day, and I just want to thank you, Dad, once again. Uh, I don't get as often as I'd like, because I corrected more than that. But, uh, uh, you know, you live in a preacher's home and, and a, and a uh, conservative preacher's home. There's correction coming. Uh, there's, there's some... When we took on the four nieces and nephews, uh, into our home up in when we lived in Pastor in Painesville, they were totally out of a godless home situation, and uh, they stepped right in to a preacher's home, and they they had to adjust to a completely different set of rules for everything, from how they ate to how they dressed to what they said and how they said it. And they were going to be in church. Well, you don't feel good. Well, then you go to church so you can get healed. That was my philosophy. My kids, they, they didn't want to stay home because they knew what was going to happen if they stayed home. Nothing was going to happen. They had to stay in their bed 
No TV, no nothing. Before cell phones. Uh, none of that. You just sit there all day. And my son one time, no, anything but that. Anything but that. <laughs> so, uh, they had to learn a whole new set of rules. And my, you know, they were not happy at that time. But we are getting calls now thanking for the correction. You know, 30 years later, but hey, you know, I'll take it. So, uh, this chastening, you can be happy about it, but probably not right then. Amen. Can I get a witness here, folks? You may be happy about it, but it'll be down the road of peace. Well, I'm happy about it now, but those situations that it wasn't funny or happy at the time. But you look back on it, and oh, oh I, I can see the humor in it now. I can, oh, thank you, Lord. But uh, not right then. Then Proverbs 1 2, uh, that we already have studied, uh, talking about the reason for the book of Proverbs to know wisdom and instruction, Makar, to perceive words of understanding. It's used 32 times just in this one little book. 32 times just in this one little book. And uh, I'm not going to list all 32. We, we're not going to go that route. But uh, I'm in the wrong place. Okay. The next one is uh, Proverbs 13. It's not on the screen. Proverbs 13, 24. Can I, I'll read that one since I already got it here. He who spares his rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him promptly. That's Proverbs 13, 24. Have you ever heard that line before? You spare the rod and spoil the child. And uh, the, my, uh, my parents did not spoil their children. How many of you were a spoiled child and you never had received any punishments? Uh, spare the rod. Uh, uh, he who spares his rod hates his son. Why does it say that? If you don't give him a spanking or discipline, does that mean you hate him? Why does it mean you hate him? Because you're not teaching him the right way. You're not correcting their course, and they can be way off course if you <coughs> let it go on. And it says to do this promptly. Why promptly? Cool. You're cooling down, man. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't wait until they don't know why they're being disciplined. Right. Yeah. You know, it, uh, that we had a problem with that at my house growing up. My mom would keep track of dumb things we did, <laughs> me and my brothers did during the week. And then when dad came home, he worked second trick, so we never got to see him during the week. But Saturday was judgment day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even remember what I did. You know, like, I, I'm sure I did something, but it, it, it left. And so it wasn't really effective, except wanting me to, whatever I did, I don't want to do that again. You know. But it needs to be applied promptly, right at the point. Don't, don't let time uh, pass about it so that they know why they're being corrected. Why they're being corrected. 
You know, my mom, we, us kids call my mom Eagle Eyes. You do what? Eagle Eyes? Yeah. Eagle Eyes. She was around every corner. Well, did you ever hear that she has eyes in the back of her head? Yeah. I saw that. How do you see that? You were looking the other way. I have teachers that had eyes in the back of their heads, too. Try to pass a note or something in place. I'm a, well, <laughs> the, the, the concept of, of correction or chastening of the Lord, as I mentioned, throughout the book of Proverbs, it's throughout the Old and New Testament, the discipline, the instruction, uh, taking heed to godly advice. And sometimes it can have a bite to it. Amen? There can be a there can be a paddle. There can be a, a spanking. Right. How many of you know what I'm talking about when the Lord just kind of spanks you with some stuff? Yeah. You know, whoa! Yeah. Didn't see that one coming. The, uh, and it's important. It is a sign God loves it's hard to think of it in that way. But God loves you as his child, and he doesn't want you to get off course. He wants to correct the course promptly and get you on the right track. I, I can't tell you how many times I talk to people, well, I wish I would have done this, and I wish I would have heeded what they told I wish I would have... But so far down the road, they didn't enforce it at the time, and so they got away with it. That's We've talked so many times about it, but it's still frustrating, all of this car theft and shootings, and, and they get off without a, a penalty, and they're back right doing it before the paperwork's done at the, at the police department, uh, because they're getting off without punishment. And uh, that doesn't show love. That doesn't even show mercy. It really shows stupidity. And you just don't care. You just don't care. You don't want to correct their lives. Uh, how many of you have ever... Uh, well, I'll just skip on that. Well, just, i got to move on. I've got several places to go today in here. So, the chasing of the Lord. It's a sign of God... Loves you. How many of you know God loves you? Yeah. How many of you know because He's corrected you? Maybe this week. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Now look at at Proverbs. That's my place here. Three twenty-seven. Yeah, three twenty-seven. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in the power of your hand to do so. Do not withhold good uh, from those who, to whom it is due. When it is in the power of your hand to do so. It's uh, Why is that great advice from God? People need to be encouraged. People need to be encouraged. They need to be helped on occasion. Uh, when There's different ways to help. And we'll talk about that in a moment. 
I think all of you are probably aware of the poem by Edward E. Hale. It goes like this. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but I can still do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse, I will ref not refuse to do something that I can do because I am only one. Some people say, well, the problem's too big, I can't do anything about it, I'll just forget about it. But it's saying here, it's within your capacity, within your power, to do good to someone that is needing that good, do it. Don't say, well, it's too big of a problem, I can't, I can't solve any part of this problem, and so I'll do nothing. That is a big part of our world today. We've got all these major league problems and people, well, what's, what can I do? And a feeling of hopelessness. But you can do something. What are some ways that we can help others to whom it is due? How can we help others? We can't do everything, but we can all do something. What are some ways we can help? Pray. We can pray for them. Diligently pray, not, oh, God bless so-and-so, bless so-and-so, and Aunt Sadie and Uncle Harry, but, but to seriously pray about, about their situation. What are some other ways we can help others? The way that Grace helps Joanne. Yeah, just simple tasks and deeds, uh, going in and doing some house cleaning and taking groceries in and uh, many of you helped uh, in the last several weeks. Uh, the Keast family, uh, Sierra went through major surgery. Praise God, she's doing very well. But you took in meals, and it was not for Sierra. She wasn't eating them. It was for the family who begged us. Dad can't cook. Dad can't cook. He burns water if he tries to boil it. His idea of a sit-down dinner is sitting in your car eating dinner at the drive-thru. You know. So, uh, hi. And uh, just say hi to the keys. But, but you, you, many of you sacrificially went out, either purchased meals or made meals, took them in, and to bless them. You know, you didn't have to, but you did. Sad thing is, not everybody did. And we had some gaps that we had to fill in, but, but we thank you for many of you stepped up numerous times and helped out. What are some other ways we can help somebody? Yeah. Make lunches on Wednesday after the morning Bible study. Yeah. This morning, right after the morning Bible study, uh, yeah. you can go over to the fireside room, and uh, I don't have a fire, but it, it's the fireside room. And uh, on the far side, and uh, going to make sandwiches, sack lunches for uh, to take to the homeless. And they have a new coffee maker, right? Coffee container, right? Yeah. They can take hot. They're taking hot coffee. Some have de donated to the the fund so they could purchase that, and uh, uh, take a piping hot cup of coffee and a sandwich out, uh, sack lunch. You say, well, I can't, I can't do anything about the homeless situation. Yes, you can. 
say, well, I can't provide them housing. No, but you can let them know there's hope. And uh, Bill can give testimony if, you know, it's opened up some doors and they've been able to help and get some of these people into residences through this act of compassion. As of, as of, may I add, yeah. as of right now, there's been another one added, but there's been a total of 12 people that uh, are now uh, out of homeless camps yeah. and in hotels uh, doing transitional housing to have their uh, own apartments and stuff. Praise so, God. And, and we all have been a part of that with the lunches and the meals and, and all that we uh, all we do. So and it's coming up this Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, 4.30 to 7. Yeah. I want to volunteer to come out. And uh, we're going to have beef stroganoff. Ooh. And uh, the, uh, you know, up until this time, we didn't have that outreach. We praise God for Bill and Lena and all those that are helping. And uh, we can't do everything, but we can do something. What are some other ways we can help people? Check in on your neighbors. Check in on your neighbors. Check in and, and uh, uh, care for them. The uh, Give that phone call. Give that visit. Give that, that postcard. Uh, how many of you have ever been encouraged just by getting a postcard or a phone call from someone? It's, uh, you say, you can't do everything. I can't encourage everybody. I can't do anything about your problems. But I can let you know I'm praying for you. I'm thinking uh, I think about the our here at Trinity. We're a small church. Basically, we're about an average-sized church. When you look at the national averages of church sizes, we're a little bit above average. But but we're we're a small church compared to some of the churches I've pastored. But we're trying to do something to help missionaries around the world. Amen. Yeah. And uh, we're we're praying for them, but we're also providing housing for them. I just. Uh, last week, talked to Dave Turner. He'll be here in the spring. He and his wife will be here in the spring, uh, itinerating, uh, raising support to go back to their field. Also, the uh, Hattigers are in and out of the apartment right now during their year of itineration. And we already have people booked for both of those facilities for next year. Missionaries call us and say, hey, put us all on the list. Put us on the list. And, and uh, they pass this word around, and it gives something. Right now, we have missionaries all over the world that, that have been helped through the kindness of Trinity of providing a free housing. There are some places that, yeah, they can get housing. they got to pay for it. Or they pay for the utilities. They're not charged a dime to be in these facilities. And that's through the generosity of a small little church called Trinity. And you've got to have a heart for it. Other, uh, yeah. Well, through helping the missionaries, personally, we're helping people all over the world. Exactly. They're telling people about Jesus. I'll never go to Madagascar, except watching that old cartoon. But uh, that's a great cartoon. Yeah. That's a great cartoon. But, you see, but we have two sets of missionaries there right now. The Thackers and the Rostifers. Ministry, and just continue to pray for the Rostifers. He lost his mom. Uh, she passed away a week ago. 
And uh, of course, not able to come back for the funeral. But, uh, you know, we're making an impact on lives on the other side of the world through the faithfulness support. Now, they're one of the ones that's already booked for the next time they come back home. And that's three years down the road. They're already booked for the house. And uh, so we praise God for that. Uh, we can't do everything, but we can do something. Whether it's making a lunch or praying or giving that phone call, you got some time on your hands, you encourage somebody by phone. Uh, it's good godly advice. And I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Guess what? <laughs> Guess what? Uh, what kind of song? Old song. An old song coming. There's an old song coming up. Oh, I found this one. I just loved it. I knew this song. I was looking for this song, but finding this guy to do it, uh, oh, it was, oh, maybe you don't like it, but I will. All I got to do is find it. Here we go. Thank you. 
if it's within your power, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Praise God. I'm a pointer here and I'll be back on track. Praise God. Can I get somebody to read for us Proverbs 3, 33 through 35? This one has a bite to it. This has a slap to it. Boom. Okay, let us got it. You got it? You know where the Proverbs are. You got the Proverbs. Okay, okay, good. Good deal, good deal. Round of applause. Let me got it. Okay. 
We have that capacity. It may look like the enemy is triumphing now, but he is. And I was talking with this with with a brother the other day. Uh, the Bible tells us that Satan is attacking more ferociously because he knows his time is short. Yes. You see, Satan doesn't even know when Jesus is coming back. You realize that? Satan doesn't know when Jesus is coming back for his church. But he sees the signs and the prophecies. He knows the Bible. He sees those things. And he, the reason we have this onslaught of satanic attack today is because even the devil believes Jesus could come back at any moment. And he wants to get as many souls in the fires of hell as he can. That's why it's all out war right now. And uh, he, he's coming against us. But ultimately, he's going to lose. We're going to win. We're going to be standing with the Lord when the judgment hammer falls. That's where you want to be, with the Lord. You don't want to be on the other side of that desk. You don't want to be on the other side of that throne. Because the word of the Lord's going to come to part from me, you workers of iniquity. And hell is real, and it's forever. And there's no getting out. There's no reprieve. There's no second chance after that. And I, I hear people talk all the time. Well, you know, if I don't receive the Lord, you know, there, there'll be time in the... I can be saved in the in the uh, great tribulation after Jesus comes. There's a great tribulation. I can be saved there. Yeah, you could. But if you're stupid enough to want to go through the great tribulation, you're too dumb to get saved. <laughs> come on now. If you don't want to get saved when well, there's no penalty in the great tribulation, you confess Jesus Christ. They're going to lop your head off. Or watch, make you watch your family be killed. You know, that's just insane. What is it the Catholics call the purgatory? Purgatory. Okay. Yeah, that's second chance city for the, yeah. the, the the Catholics believe in purgatory. It's not in the Bible. It's in some of the pseudepigrapha, false books of the Bible, but not really. Uh, that you can pray people out of hell and get them into kind of middle ground purgatory and if you give enough money guess what What the bottom line here is you can get indulgences you can get prayed out if you give enough money you can buy your way out of hell I'm sorry that's a lie there's no way out there's no way out I know that because Jesus told me in the Word of God. There's that rich man tormented in hell. That was 2,000 years ago and he still is. Okay? He's still tormented in the flame and he cried out. He was able to see the other side but he wasn't able to get there. He was able to see Lazarus being comforted. And he cried out to Abraham. He said, Abraham, send, send him back and, you know, uh, first of all, could you just have him dip the tip of his finger in the water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in the flame. 
He said, well, why don't you send him back and, and talk to my relatives that are headed for this same place. I don't want anybody to experience this. He says, no. He says, those who want to come here can't. Those who want to go there can't. He says, you are where you are. And uh, another guy by the name of Lazarus, he did come back from the dead. Jesus raised him. It wasn't this Lazarus, totally different situation. The second Lazarus I'm talking about was a homeowner. He wasn't a poor beggar. The first one in that story Jesus told was a beggar. But Lazarus went back and people didn't believe on the Lord that brought him to life again. They wanted to kill Lazarus because it messed up their theology. He said, that Jesus, he's a fraud and a fake. Well, he raised him from the dead. Well, we could put a stop to that. So they tried to kill Lazarus all over again. So, don't want to swim against the current of the mighty, rushing wind of God. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. But he blesses the home of the just. In the end, we win. And I, I, I contend that even though things may not be going the way I want them to all the time, I'm still a winner. My house is blessed. Do we have problems? Of course we do. Do bad things happen to good people? Of course they do. Just read the book. God shows them. Bad things happen to good people. But at the end, we win. And eternity is a whole lot longer than my life here on earth. Doesn't matter how long I live. I can live to be 100. Oh, I sure hope not. But I can live to be 100. And, and uh, but eternity is a whole lot longer. And I'm going to spend it with Jesus. Is there a hand back there? You just scratch it. Okay. Jim would just scratch it. Jim would just be scratching. Okay. That concerns me because Mary Lou said she made that cake from scratch last <laughs> If Dad, if God stands against you, you will lose. Proverbs 4, 14 through 19. Proverbs 4, 14 through 19 says, Do not enter, see a big do not enter sign, the path of the wicked. And do not walk, don't walk, in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. Guess what? He doesn't want you to go that way. Amen? Do not enter, do not walk, avoid it, do not travel on it, turn away from it, and pass on. For they do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence, but the path of the just is like a shining sun, or a shining light, that shines ever brighter under the perfect day, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. Mm. 
Do not enter. Do not walk. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. What is God trying to say here about the path and the ways of the wicked? Avoid it. Avoid it. Detour. Get around it. Don't say, well, I, 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 can, I can walk with it a little bit and I'll be stronger than it. Don't enter. What happens if you see a sign, as I did a couple weeks ago downtown, I was trying to find a parking spot and I got to this one alleyway and it says, do not enter. What would have happened? I mean, there was no barrier there. I could have entered, but what would happen to me if I entered? I won't be in trouble. And the first thing that they're going to, the police officer, when he pulls me over, because it was a police officer parking lot, he said, do not enter. Okay. There were police officers all over the place. And if I pulled in, the first thing they're going to say, they're going to say, sir, didn't you see the sign? <laughs> and I could have actually said, well, not clearly today. <laughs> because I'm still, it's kind of messed up. But they would say, didn't you see the sign? What sign? What sign? <laughs> then I've got two, two citations. <laughs> and what, what happens if you're downtown and the traffic is flowing because it says, do not walk. Don't walk. And you decide, well, I want to. So I'm just going to walk across. I mean, it's got markings on it. I'm just going to walk across, even though the flashing light says, don't walk. What's going to happen to me? More often than not, I'm going to get, I'm going to get knocked down by a car. I'm going to have tire treads over me. I'm going to, I'm going to be thumped in the next week. You know, with the, because they fly down High Street anyway. Uh, do not walk. It says avoid it. Don't travel on it. Some people think they can walk the evil path and not get burned. They think they they think I'm above the law. You know, I'm you know I, I'm a strong Christian. I can go to that place. I can do that thing. I can uh, watch that. I can do those other things. I won't, I won't fall to... You've already fallen. You've already fallen. You've already compromised. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the evil way. Avoid it. What does it mean to avoid something? Uh, right there, some of you were avoiding answering the question. You just you, you were look at me. You were, what does it mean to avoid? Don't go there. Don't go to, uh, you know, find another, there's another way. You don't have to go that way. Find another way. Uh, this goes back to uh, one of the main principles and precepts of the Teen Challenge ministry. Uh, teen Challenge, it's, it's not about teenagers really anymore. It started as getting teenagers that were in gangs off the streets of New York with David Wilkerson. But now it's mostly uh, men, teens and men and women. We have a Teen Challenge Center for Women here in Columbus. 
they're all over the country, and it's people addicted, substance abuse, or they've been in, involved in murder, they've been involved in doing drugs, selling drugs, whatever. Uh, some of the ones up in Cleveland that I interacted with at the Teen Challenge, they were, one was a hit man uh, in Jamaica. Uh, we had other people that were hired guns uh, for mobs. Others were drug dealers, whatever. And one of the first things they do in a residential teen challenge program, they, first of all, the person has to be willing to go and abide by the rules. And many judges across the state will send people to teen challenge. They can't just leave anytime they want to. If they leave, they go back to jail. But one of the first things is they're training them for when they get out. They want them to have a rock-solid relationship with Jesus Christ. But then, you can't go back to where you used to live. Amen. Why? I mean, they were familiar with it. Why couldn't they go back to where they used to live? They have patterns. Certain patterns that we do, that we, we have in life. How many of you have thought that times that your car had a mind of its own because you were driving and you weren't thinking about it, oh and your car, you wound up going to church or someplace that you hadn't intended on going because you weren't paying attention, and but you have motor memory. You have memory. Many times I find myself on a climb road. What in the world am I doing here? I was supposed to be going to this place and I'm headed to church. What in the world is going on in my head? We have patterns. And they realize, Teen Challenge Ministry realizes, if you get back into the same place, you're going to be tempted to go the same patterns. Certain things will remind you of other things. Sights, sounds, smells, locations, street corners, whatever. And so they said, you've got to avoid it. You've got to chart a new course if you're going to stay sober and stay clean and stay healthy in the Lord. Amen. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the evil way of evil. Do not avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on by. Pass on by. And... Uh, that's one way to avoid it, to not go that way. Say, well, I think I can go back and do it. I have too many stories to tell, to tell this morning, of people that thought they were above this concept. That they, I had a, had a fellow that he showed up at, at church, this was over when pastor in Reynoldsburg at Eastgate, and he showed up at church and he had just left uh, one program and, and needed help. He got back into drugs. And so I got him into the Teen Challenge program up in Cleveland. And it's one of the premier in the country, our, our Teen Challenge here in Cleveland. And he was doing fine. And then I got word from him. He, he decided that he needed to get back and help out his family, uh, his mom and his dad. And so he was leaving the program early. He wasn't sent there by the, the courts. He voluntarily went there. 
I just tried to discourage him. Oh no, he says, I'll, I'll be all right. And he came back. Wasn't long until I was visiting him in the hospital with overdose. Uh, do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. It's an important thing. There's some. Are there places that remind you of your past? Yes. And I had a. a this was a counseling situation I was involved in many, many years ago, and. Uh, Family, good Christian family, good family in the church, but uh, they were having marital issues, and and uh, I I was I was I didn't know what to do. I'm um, I'm trained in counseling, but you never know, you know. They were having marital problems, and and I I was praying before they showed up, and the Lord told me to ask them this question: When did you start noticing this change in your behavior and attitude? And they stopped for once as well. You know, uh, when we were on vacation, we found a, an oldies rock station that uh, we remembered some of those songs from our pre-Christian days. And, and uh, we started playing it. We've been playing it ever since. And they got this blank look on their faces. We were remembering what we were like and what we were doing and who we were doing it with. And it was eating at them mentally, their memories. And you say, well, well, what did you advise to do? I said, turn the channel. They did. You say, well, that's too easy. I thought so too, but it worked. <laughs> they, they, they had gotten back on their old trail, their old track. And, and they became what they were and craved what they used to crave. And it messed up everything. So, avoid it. Uh, oh, I had another one. But. Turn to Psalm 1, if you would, please. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. One of the things you lose when you get older is your memory. <laughs> I fully intended to put this in there on the screen, and I didn't, but it's here now. Psalm 1. Great psalm. It says this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth fruit in his season, his fruit in his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth 
shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives, driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment and sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Standing in the way of sinners. Sitting, and I always see it as a, as a level of comfort. You start walking with them, and they start advising you, and pretty soon you're comfortable standing with them, and pretty soon you'll just relax and sit right down with them. And our, our proverb Avoid it. <laughs> Don't walk with them. Don't walk in their path. Do not walk with them. Avoid their path. Get away. Pass by. Get, get out of there. Or else you're going to get comfortable there. And there's judgment on that. So the, But the path of the just, as we said in our scripture, is like a shining light. It shineth more and more into the I don't know, King James in the day, but it shined the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. It your path may be rocky and steep, but it's in the light of his presence. And you can see clearly where the, the dangers are and where the the enemy lies in wait. But the scripture we read earlier in Proverbs 3 says they, they stumble in the darkness. The same things are in their path too. They just can't see it. But God can guide you, guide you as a believer, and you say, oh, oh, look out, oh, there it is over there. It's kind of like driving in Columbus right now. <laughs> with potholes. If you noticed it, you noticed a few. And, and you can see it. And, and they're there, and you can see them, and you can try to avoid them. It's a hard job. I'm not saying it's easy. It's a hard job. But, can you imagine driving at night with your lights off down the same road? And you're trying to make good time. Some of those things are craters. They'll swallow your car. It's the difference between the righteous. The potholes are still there. There's going to be potholes on your journey. But the cool thing is, if you're walking in the fear of the Lord and living in His counsel, receiving His correction, you can see those things coming and avoid them. But if you're not walking with the Lord, you're going to blindly run right into them because the evil walk in darkness. We're going to have to stop there for today. We're not making it far. We're not even finished with all the youth ones yet. We're not going to hit all the youth problems, but we're going to hit quite a few of them. But we're making it through. I think the last one's up in chapter 9, isn't it? You got your outline there in front of you? Yeah. When's the last uh, 
the final youth proverb. Nine. Yeah, chapter 9. So we, we got a ways yet. These are advice to people younger than you are. Can you think of anybody you ought to tell some of this stuff to? Everybody I know. Yep, yep. Because everybody you know is younger than you, right? <laughs> well, there you go. Praise God. We're going to stop there for today. Prayer request this morning. Prayer request this morning. I want to praise God. My eyesight in the left eye is back. Good, that's good news. The bad news is i got to see Dr. Kevorkian again tomorrow. <laughs> and he'll determine if he's going to put another needle in my eye. It's always fun. All, all those of you who have experienced it, shout amen. amen. Oh, my, my. Other, other prayer requests. Uh, I saw Bev, your hands up. Unspoken requests. Unsaved loved ones. Those that yes. we know of that's not right with Jesus yet. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. My flight out Saturday. Your flight out Saturday. You going to take a plane? <laughs> she just flew in from Florida and her arms are tired, right? <laughs> no? What what, uh, what flight you on? What um, airline? It's out to you, Rickenbacker. Uh, Allegiance. Allegiance, yeah. Good. Yeah. Pray for her flight out to Florida. Yeah. I want to pray for the Lord. I asked everybody to pray for Jerry Cantrell. He was in ICU and now he's Praise oh, God. That's Praise great. the Lord. I mentioned the praise report on Sierra. We need to pray for her. Uh, I threatened to loan Chuck my mid-century shackles, 1800 shackles, to keep her down on the couch. She's doing stuff she ought not to be doing but, uh, in recovery, but she's doing well. We need to slow her down a bit so she doesn't relapse. Other prayer, praise or prayer. Please yeah. pray for my sons, Cody and Zach. Cody and Zach. Okay. Other prayer requests today. We need to pray for Tom. He's still got that. He's coughing. Still coughing. Still coughing. I just caught my daughter. I got a visit with her. Coming up here real soon. Okay. That's great. Good. Yes. Correct me. I've got some medical issues I have to figure out. Barb. Some medical situations. Yes, sir. Yeah, I just uh, went to see my heart doctor, and uh, unfortunately, put me on a couple more medications. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Bill had an episode this past week.
Let's do it this way. Let's start off with some praises. Just some sentence praises to God for something He's done in your life.
Slippery slide. Slippery slide. Well, hopefully that's 